back to the Balancing Act podcast. I'm Andy Tempty. On the Balancing Act, we talk to business leaders and industry experts to explore the balancing acts we play in our professional lives and learn about the events that put rocket boosters behind their career success. Today, we have Billy Samoa Salibi joining us. Billy is co-founder and CEO at Potify, founder and president of Insight Media, and the host of the podcasts Inside Out and For the Love of Podcast. Welcome to the show, Billy. Andy, it's a pleasure to be here. I'm super excited about our upcoming conversation. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. The whole point today is to introduce our listeners to the world of podcasting and entrepreneurship. So you are a perfect, perfect guest. But before we get started, it would be great if you told our listeners your story. Sure thing. So I am from Los Angeles, but I was born in the island of American Samoa. And therefore, my middle name is Samoa. <laughs> and it was a fun, uh, it's a fun story to tell today. I only stayed there for six months, but uh, it stayed with me for life because, of course, my parents decided to do what hippie parents in the 70s do, and they named me the place I was born. Uh, I've, I've always had an interest in creative pursuits, so I studied film in college and made a movie out of college, as you do, because I said, well, what should I do when I'm done with film school? Oh, go make a movie. So I made a movie called Rolling. It's a documentary-style feature film about the drug ecstasy, and uh, took it all over the world, won film festivals, got picked up and distributed. Uh, it's on Netflix, Amazon, YouTube, you name it. And even though I feel it was a, a, a big success in a lot of ways, I said to myself, if I'm going to start a family, I probably should figure out a way to make enough money to support that family. And independent filmmaking is, is hard. And so I got into the renewable space. I worked for a small solar company, helped grow it to be the fifth largest. I also worked for a company that might have heard of called Solar City. They were the biggest solar company at the time. Happened to be owned by Elon Musk's uh, cousins. And yeah. Elon decided to acquire Solar City. So Tesla acquired Solar City. I got a chance to work for Tesla. And when I worked there, I ran onboarding. And so I helped to build the onboarding program. Really, my corporate career was all about teaching. And so I ran leadership development at Solar City. I did a TV program called Solar City TV at Solar City. And all of it was geared towards empowering and teaching people to be most effective at their role. And when I left the corporate space, I say I got off my corporate cor uh, surfboard, I decided, well, I still want to teach. I said, how do I still teach? And uh, Podcasting was a, a natural fit. So I started my own show, realized it was a lot of work. <laughs> so I started to build the team, got an editor, got a video person, a social media person. And I said, okay, if I need help, surely other people need help. And that was the genesis of my business, Podify. So we help thought leaders, people who are either authors or speakers or business leaders. I help them build a platform through a podcast, and which includes the podcast, includes video content, and anything they need to help lighten the load and, and, and not do all the work, but actually do the most important thing, which is 
the, the speaking and the talking and the thought leadership. Billy, if you had to pick one event in your life that was a key accelerant for your career, what would that moment be? I love this question, Andy. I think it's such an important thing to reflect on your own life and really look at those moments that were monumental in importance. And, and I have a lot of them. I, I'd say the one that stands out as the one that really, I think, helped pave the way for everything else was me being involved with training and specifically putting together trainings that people did not expect. And what I mean by that is we all know most corporate trainings are boring. They, they just are. They're just, they're just fall flat, right? They're, they're not fun. You, you fall asleep and you just don't want to go to them. And so what I did, and I, I think I did it in part because I didn't know what I didn't know. I was, I had rookie smarts. I interviewed Liz Wiseman and she, she has a great book called Rookie Smarts. And, and what that book says is that sometimes not being an expert is to your advantage because you're going to ask questions, right? Because you're, you're, you're not going to use what you think is the right way because you've been taught this way or you've learned this way through experience. And that was what happened with me. So I was, I was good at sales and, and they said, you should train people how to do sales and solar. I said, okay, great. I'll do that. And I didn't really have much to work from other than I knew what was successful for me in doing sales. What I did know is I didn't want to create a training that bored people. And so what I created was a training that for role-playing, we did American Idol where we'd have judges, Randy, Simon, and Paula, (laughs) and they would make a a role-play scenario way more fun because you got to have the, the enactment of the experience of being on American Idol. And then when we did a knowledge check, instead of we just doing like a test, we did family feud and we, we put one side of the class against the other side of the class and we had buzzers. I mean, it was like really, really fun. I mean, so much fun that people were hooting and hollering, jumping up and down. We created a memorable, memorable experience. When you, what I didn't know at the time, but what I learned was I was doing something that in psychology they call the peak end rule. And what that says is that people remember the highlights. They remember those things, those moments that are different, that are magical, that are noteworthy, that are surprising, that somehow make people feel. And and that is the first thing I did pretty well. The second thing is you got to end strong. So people remember the high points. And they'll remember the end of something. And so what I was able to effectively do in those trainings, and I think what catapulted my career, not I think, I know, catapulted my career, was I put on training events that people talked about. They told everybody about it because they, they had so much fun. and They enjoyed it. So that would be, I would say, the, the event that had the, the biggest impact. Well, Billy, as an educator... Uh, as a former chief executive who has seen firsthand 
all the bad training <laughs> that's out there. <laughs> thank you. Thank you for your contributions to the learning and development space. I knew there was something that I really uh, liked about you and and, uh, and and that's it because creating those memorable moments and uh, and weaving learning into the flow of work and making it relevant uh, for for people is uh, is really quite the feat. So so thank you for that. Uh, let's talk uh, balancing acts. So if you're an individual or a corporate decision maker looking to get into the podcast market to build reputation or, or brand, what's the most important balancing act that you have to consider before you jump in? It's a, it's a great question because it's something that people need to ask before they start, especially something that's as involved as a podcast. I think the first thing is, is your time, right? Like, be honest with how much time you can dedicate and, and be real with how important this is to you. Now, the good news is you don't need to do it all. So as the CEO, as the leader or whoever, the host, you don't need to do all the parts of the process. And so I think doing some inventory on which parts of the process you want to do, you would be excited to do and you could do sustainably. The other piece, and I use that word very specifically, you want to be able to do something over the long term. I see a lot of people start podcasts and so many of them do what we call pod fade. They stop. <laughs> and that sucks, you know, because if you put all this time, effort, and energy into something and you're only doing it for eight episodes, that's a huge opportunity missed. And if you have the the processes in place and the systems in place and the team in place, you can do something over a, a long period. And that's when podcasts really start to gain and build their audience is through long-term commitment. And so I would say, look at your, your, your time, how much time you have, find a topic that you have sustainable interest in, and then build the systems, build the processes behind your show so that you can be as involved as you want to be in the areas you want to be involved in. Yeah. Um, pod fade. I, I love, I love that. Uh, I love that term. Do, do you think that the, the uh, instant success, the, 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 the million TikTok followers, the I'm, I'm going to make it big in, in the snap of my fingers, uh, mentality that, that we have that you've got to go viral right away. Uh, is that, is that a key driver here of pod fade? We, yeah, we, totally, man. We live in a world of instant gratification. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's just, you've, you've hit it, the nail on the head. We, we think we need to go viral or we think we need to have X amount of downloads or X amount of views. And, and it's, it's a dopamine hit, you know, you're going to feel good when those things happen, but here's the thing. A podcast is a lot like a book. You will not see traction until you put in the work. Unless you have a pre-existing platform or notoriety or fame. If you're Michelle Obama, you could start a podcast tomorrow and you have millions of downloads. Right. But if you're not, you're not going to have that. And so be real. Like, be real. You don't have a large following to start. So if you're expecting immediate results, you're going to be disappointed. Yeah. So I'd say have, have sensible res 
be results oriented, but have sensible expectations that are within reason. (laughs) Yeah. And then from there, do the things necessary to get your show traction. So what are the things necessary? Go on other podcasts, especially podcasts that serve a similar audience to yours. Do the things necessary to get discovered. Podcast inherently is not a distribution platform. A much better distribution platform is social media, TikTok, Instagram, YouTube shorts. So take some of your podcast content, cut it up, put it on a vertical video, which you could see on a phone, make it 30 seconds or a minute at the most and put it on those platforms. Guess what? Then you might actually have a chance of going viral. And then the last piece is look at trends. What are people talking about? Where is there a pre-existing audience? I have a friend who started the 49ers live stream on YouTube for the San Francisco 49ers. They are rabid fans. Guess what? His channel did really well because he was serving a pre-existing audience that was hungry for content. Yeah. If you could find a pre-existing audience that's hungry for content, that's going to help you. If you could find a trend, maybe there's something being talked about in the news and you do an episode about that topic, you might get picked up because 74% of podcasts are found because people search for them. The other 24%, they're found because people tell people about it. So make a show people will tell other people about. Right. Yeah. And I, th- I think these lessons, uh, I know that these lessons that Billy is teaching us today about persistence, they apply not to you as an individual or, uh, or, or an author wanting to start a show. But if you are a corporation that's looking to get in that same pod fade, uh, you know, that instant gratification, we're not getting thousands and thousands of downloads. So let's stop doing this. Uh, this isn't working. Uh, it, the, I, I feel very strongly that especially in the world of education, that podcasting is the place to be, but you get that, you know, it, you're, you're putting money into it and the, uh, and the returns aren't there immediately. Uh, and if the returns aren't there immediately, a lot of business leaders say, Oh, no, next let's move on and do something else. So, Uh, Mm -hmm. I really, really do appreciate that advice. Uh, Billy, let's take a really short commercial break and we'll be right back. Hi, I'm Andy Tempty. Over the past 35 years, I've learned a lot about business leadership and I'd like to share those lessons with you. Ask yourself, how do I create an effective, sustainable management operating system? How do I design smooth workflows to better serve the customer? How do I balance organizational trust with accountability? The Balanced Business describes the practical, step-by-step process you need to answer these questions. Order your copy today wherever books are sold. And we're back with Billy Samoa Salibi talking about the world of podcasting, entrepreneurship, learning and development. Wow, this is just an awesome show. Uh, Billy, I'm a musician and a podcaster and have noted, noted several similarities to building an audience in the modern age. What we've been talking about, that persistence 
matters. Uh, what advice do you have for that early stage artist or creator uh, who wonder how on earth they're going to break through? I know we've talked a little bit about this, uh, but let's let's dive in a bit more about uh, answering this question. Mm-hmm. Yeah, happy to. I think the first thing you want to do is you, you need to be hungry for knowledge. And what I mean by that is you got to be willing to say you don't know everything. You're going to learn a lot by being a sponge and observing and finding people who are where you want to be. So, for example, if you want your show to to grow on YouTube, look at other podcasters who've had their show grow on YouTube. What are they doing? What are they not doing? How are they leveraging different aspects of the platform? YouTube Shorts is a great example. YouTube Shorts is a fantastic way to get exposure, but a lot of people don't use it or they don't use it the right way. So you look, what, how are they making their shorts? Is there a hook in the first three seconds? Is there a value proposition? Do you give credibility? Do you guide people through a story that keeps their interest so that they watch the entire thing? And how, how do you know to do these things? Well, one, you observe. Two, you, you take advice from people who have had success, and a lot of them are giving free advice everywhere, on YouTube, on TikTok, on Instagram. So if somebody wants to break through, I think the biggest thing that they should do is find your you. Who is doing what you want to be doing and is doing it just a little bit better than you or maybe a little bit further along than you? Once you've found your you, engage. Get to know them. Um, If you can find them on LinkedIn, find them on Instagram, find them on YouTube, comment on their content, be a part of their community and find other people in the community that you can also build relationships with. So I call it tribe building. You want to build a tribe of like-minded people. Right. And it starts with you having one-on-one conversations, literally. It could be on any of the platforms that exist out there and you build an audience that way. And so I use social media as a way to interact. I don't really like the term social media. I like social network better. Yeah. And so I would treat it as a networking opportunity for you to find your early fans, your early followers. And the more you could build a relationship with them on these other platforms, the more likely they're going to find your podcast, tune into your podcast, or, or, or even you build a community on the social platforms is also a win. So if you want to break through, don't think that you need to do it by the masses, do it by the by the individuals to start and you do it by finding your you. Yeah. I, I really like that. And uh, it kind of hidden in what you were talking about is the concept of value and adding value. So you've, you've identified this community that you uh, want to nurture, but am I providing value? Am I contributing to the conversation? Uh, and that, uh, that kind of value uh, uh, thread uh, should weave through pretty much everything that you do uh, in in this space, my opinion. Uh, mm-hmm. Billy, we talk a lot on this show about skills and education. Uh, what are your thoughts on the role podcasting can play in the training and education space? Let's run a little thought experiment. You have a college or university administrator sitting in front of you right now. What advice do you have for them if they're thinking about using podcasting as a medium for educational delivery? Mm. 
Yeah, I mean, first and foremost, I would say look at anywhere in pop culture mainstream and you're going to see why are podcasts popping up and ask yourself that question. And the reason they're popping up is that A, people feel a core ability to learn new skills, new ways of thinking, to be entertained in a medium that's effectively a passive medium. And what I mean by that is they could go to the gym, they could go for a walk, they could go for a run, be on a bike ride, while also taking on new knowledge and new information. And you bring up such a great point with the value. And I'll, and I'll, and I'll answer your question and also comment on that. I would say what people crave is unique value. And what I mean by that is there's so many there's a lot of noise. Yep. And so how do you cut above the noise? Provide something that is new information. It's novel in some way, or it's delivered in a unique or novel way. It's packaged in a new way. It's got a new framework, a new, a new lens that you look through for this information. Or maybe it's a contrarian viewpoint or a taking conventional wisdom and turning it on its head. And so if I was speaking to a college administrator or somebody who's in the education field, I would say, you know, as well as anyone that people tune out the same, they don't want the same information. Our brain is hardwired literally to not observe things that are the same. Right. Like if you drive the same path of point A to point B every day, you're going to, you're going to kind of like almost forget the drive. But if all of a sudden you get a flat tire, you notice something new your brain is alerted. It's a safety mechanism to allow you to recognize new things. And so I would say deliver new information and deliver it in a way where people um, feel a deep connection through the intimacy of a microphone and listening in your earphone. Yeah. Yeah. The same sits in our subconscious. It, it gets sort of stored away. And so if you're, if you see something that is the same, the, the, the subconscious says, yeah, already done, already got that back there. Right. I, I don't need any more of that, but it's the working memory. Uh, if you, mm -hmm. if you can produce something that, uh, that somebody's really got to think about, meaning the working memory has to kick in, which, oh, by the way, is much, 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 much smaller than <laughs> the, the, the universe of space that you have in your brain for the same, uh, then, then you've really got something, uh, Billy, as we, as we reach the end of our time here, I got two quick lightning, lightning round questions for you. I give you access to a time machine. You can send a message to an earlier version of yourself. What's the message and what previous version of you do you send it to? <laughs> well, the first message I would send is don't sell your Tesla stock. And I would send it <laughs> Right when I left Tesla, uh, that would be the first message, but I, I and that's, that's a joke, but it's also true. Right. Uh, the other message I would say is do, do the things that you feel called to do and eliminate the things that you do for other people. And this is probably advice that everybody could send to their earlier self. I think we often live our lives for other people. Mm. instead of living our life for ourselves. Yeah. And I, I really, really think 
we have to be able to be our own best advocate for our life's mission and purpose. And seeing through that, uh, instead of trying to live in somebody else's image of what you should be. I think that's something that we should all do on a regular basis because I think we fall back into old patterns and old ways of thinking, which ultimately puts us in position to be, be on a, a treadmill instead of being, uh, you know, in, in your in the driver's seat. Yeah. Now, some people might have listened to that and said, gosh, that's a really selfish approach. But I don't think it, it's not that that approach is not selfish at all, because once you uh, connect with your purpose and you are living your purpose and then you connect your purpose in with a value stream that where your purpose can really make a difference, then you are creating uh, value for yourself, value for uh, business, value for society, and really, really great things can happen. So if you were one of those listeners that thought, well, gosh, I'm living life just for myself and that in the reptilian brain said, oh, that's selfish. I wouldn't want to, I, I'm going to you know, push back on that a bit. So um, not push back on you, but push back on how yeah. that may have been interpreted. Now, Billy, uh, another lightning round question. We're all works in progress. What are you focused on right now in your personal journey of growth as a leader? For me, the number one thing is to get out of my own way. And what I mean by that is I, like a lot of people, have had perfectionist tendencies. That does not serve me. Right. And so the other advice I'd give to myself and the advice I'm giving to myself today is be okay with version one being version one. Think in versions. Instead of thinking I need to, my first version to be the quality of a version 10, it doesn't. Iterate. Get better. So I constantly think about the fact that like, oh, what if this, what if that? And like, <laughs> when in reality, it doesn't matter. Version one is okay. Be okay with version one. And so for me, the thing that I, I, I'm trying to do is be more prolific and put more out there. Because the more prolific anyone is, the more opportunities you have to learn the more opportunities you have to refine, the more opportunities you have to get better, the more opportunities you have to gain feedback, the more opportunities you have to put whatever it is you want to put out into the universe. It could be art. It could be a podcast. It could be business. Be Do more of whatever it is you're doing. Be more prolific. And so I believe there's a ton of progress made the more prolific we are. So that's the number one thing that's on my mind and what I'm constantly thinking. That, that is just awesome. Can, version one is okay. Continuous improvement, version 1.1, et cetera, et cetera. Thank you. Uh, final question. What's next for Potify? What's next for Billy Samoa Salibi? Yeah, so a lot's going on right now. So I've got a new show called Relearned. It helps people challenge conventional wisdom, think about topics that they may have familiarity with, but in a new way. So with my co-host, Nidhi Tawari, who's a therapist, licensed therapist, and just a brilliant human being in so many ways. So that's one big project I'm working on. Um, 
Inside Out is my other podcast and that's still going strong. It helps business owners and business leaders navigate the world of business by learning from other people's key moments of insight. And then for Podify, we're growing every day. I mean, bringing on new thought leaders, business leaders, authors, people who really want to build a platform that will last beyond their lifetime and help them live the legacy that they want to live today for forever. And so, um, you know, anytime you put something out into the universe, especially the cyber universe, that lives on, that lives beyond us. And so I, I'm really, it's, 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 it's always fun and exciting to think about that even this interview right now, somebody might listen to this 100, 200, 300 years into the future, yeah. which is crazy to me. It's unbelievable. And so we have a, a duty and an obligation to ourselves, not to anyone else, but to ourselves to do the things today um, that matter tomorrow. So I, I appreciate your time and so grateful for this opportunity. It's been a fun conversation, Andy. Yeah, Billy, thank you for educating our listeners. Uh, this has been a really uh, value-adding conversation. Uh, so thanks for being on the show. My name is Andy Tempty. This is the Balancing Act Podcast. We're available on all the podcast streaming services out there. Please like, subscribe, rate, and most importantly, share this public good with your friends, your colleagues, uh, your business associates. This episode was produced by Nick Tempty, and we will see you next time.